Well, today we start a new series. We talked about his story, the Old Testament, for many, many weeks. Last week, Sean talked about the heart, and we did a heart check. And this week, we're going to start a new series called Renewed. And I thought about what we need to focus in on as we start this kind of new season. And man, we can talk about a lot of good advice. We can talk about new habits. We can talk about, you know, good things that we need to do. But the bottom line is that church and our Christian walk isn't about good advice. It's not about even good behavior. It's about new life. And that's what the New Testament focuses on. It focuses on the new life that we have when we start our relationship with Jesus. And so we're going to focus on some not only good things, but great things. We're going to look at the great commandments and the great commission and how that tells us and shows us how to live these renewed lives. Does anyone have any subscriptions to anything? Netflix, Amazon, we all have all of these things that automatically renew. And you've probably gotten some free trials where you've looked at your bank account and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? And something automatically renewed that you didn't really want. I'm seeing some nodding heads I know out there. If you're watching online, sure, there are things that automatically renew. Let me tell you something. Our faith doesn't automatically renew. We actually have to count the cost and be a part of the renewing process that God wants us to be a part of, the transformational process as believers. It's not a one-time decision. It's a day-to-day decision. Uh, Back there, I don't have the slide right next, but it's 2 Corinthians uh, 4, I believe 16. This is going to be our theme verse as we look at the renewed. uh, What does it mean to be renewed? 2 Corinthians 4, 416, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. We're going to go back and and read that in context a little later. But we have a treat, y'all, because today we're going to talk about what that renewed life looks like. Next week, we have our missions partner, Dave Eubanks from Free Burma Rangers. He's going to be here live, in person. You can catch him online, but share it. It's going to be really, really special. He messaged me last Sunday and said, hey, I'm going to be in town. And I immediately said, we are you know, teaching on the great commandment, which is like his motto. And if you don't know who he is, just Google Dave Eubanks later and you'll be pretty amazed. And I asked him, would you be willing to share? And he said, absolutely. So he will be here sharing with us next week on the commandment, what renewed means as we look at the great commandments. And we're gonna, then we're gonna look at more about the renewal of the heart and the mind. And then we're gonna end with the renewed mission that God gives us, the great commission. So that's our plan for the series. After that, we're gonna kind of go back to what Sean was talking about us last week and, and doing this heart check and, and, and really be serious about our inner healing. We'll have a series called Churches That Heal after this series that I'm really, really excited about. I was sitting over here last week when Sean was talking to us about looking at what's in our heart. I was doing my best to be still and quiet, but there was something distracting me. My four kids, six, four, two, and one. There was just a lot of other stuff going on, 
And so I wasn't quite able to do that heart check and, and more than anything, it actually started putting those bad things in my heart. I'm like, oh, if you please just, just be quiet, just please be still, just please. Don't you know how to behave in church? Well, no, because they've never been through a whole service without kids ministry, right? So I'm putting all of these really you know, un, uh, unrealistic expectations on my kids and that's making me feel frustrated and, and all of these things. I'm like, man, I need to do like a really long heart check after this. But here's the bottom line. Kids are not a distraction. Kids, y'all can run around. Y'all can jump on the chairs after service, not right now. But kids are not a, a distraction. And I immediately thought about when Jesus was talking about these kids. And, and we're in Mark chapter 10. And, and Jesus is, is teaching, and these kids, these parents, are bringing these little children to Jesus so that he may bless them. And the disciples acted just like I did last week right here. Got all distracted, all like, Jesus doesn't have time for these little kids. Little kids are noisy and all of this stuff. And Jesus said, nope, these little children are not a distraction. They're a gift. They're a gift. So that's where I want to start because we're, we're going to see some really cool dichotomy in, in the message today. As we look at this passage in Mark 10, and then we're going to go to 2 Corinthians, and it's going to teach us what this renewed life looks like. We're going to start in chapter 10, verse 14 of Mark. It says, when Jesus saw that what was happening, he was angry with his disciples because they were keeping the kids from coming to him. And he said, he said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. We want to be in the kingdom of God. The renewed life is all about being in the kingdom of God. And I think that what Jesus here is saying is so profound because there's something about kids that's authentic. It's some, there's something about kids that's just real, right y'all, right kids? Y'all just, whatever you feel, you're gonna express it. You don't worry about hiding. You don't worry about being polished. You just are. And that is such a gift to us because we need to enter into the kingdom of heaven authentically and really not trying to put our behavior together to enter it. And the other thing about kids that's amazing is, is that they're, they're humble, they're needy. They need parents. We've been working out for a long time, my wife and I, many years without a gym uh, membership. We don't need to because we've had a kid on our arm for about five, six years now. And that's a workout in and of itself. We need to hold and take care of our kids. And Jesus here is saying, Whoever doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Right after this, Mark chapter 10, verses 17 and 20, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. There's a man who runs to Jesus and kneels down and says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Remember, we, Jesus just talked about what you need to do to enter into the kingdom of heaven, how to live this renewed life. He said, you must enter it like a child. Now you have this man who's running to Jesus. He's kneeling down and he's saying, please, what must I do to enter the kingdom of God or, or to inherit eternal life? And Jesus goes on and talks about information. Know the commandments, you know, 
Do not murder, commit adultery, steal, lie, cheat, honor your father and mother. And the man, I bet, is like, I got it. You're probably familiar with the story and you probably know where I'm going. The man's like, yes, I'm in. And Jesus turns to him in verse 21. I love this. Because the man said, I've I've done all these things since I was a little kid. I'm, I'm in. But Jesus, verse 21, looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. That's so important. Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. And at this, the man's face fell and he went away sad for he had many possessions. This is the first a renewed life, the first thing that defines a renewed life is surrender. Surrender. Now, in context, this is radical, but in context, we're all rich. We're all here. There's none of us that can say, phew, I ain't rich, so I don't need to sell all my possessions because I don't have many. No, 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 no. In this context, we are all rich. And the point is not the action of selling all of our possessions. The point is Jesus wants us to fully surrender everything to him. And if we value anything over him, then we can't inherit eternal life because a renewed life means full surrender. His disciples looked at him and said, are you serious, Jesus? Is this really how it's, how it's gonna go? Since Jesus looked around and told him, it's very hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And Jesus said in verse 24, look at the title, Dear Children. It is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. And Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. Renewed life is a surrendered life. It is impossible to answer the question that the man posed. How, what do I need to do to inherit? What must I do? See, a renewed life doesn't have to do with what we do or have done or could do, but everything to do with what he has done for us. That's why it's impossible for us to achieve this. And so if we are holding on to things and saying, Jesus, I'll give you my Sunday, I'll give you my community group time, I'll even give you a a few minutes a day to pray for you. And if we compartmentalize things, then we're not living this surrendered life. It's a tough message that Jesus is is giving us here. But I love the title. He, He again talks to them and says, dear children, the disciples should have known, like Jesus just told us about these kids and, and just told us that we must be like them to, to inherit eternal life or, or to be ushered into the kingdom of God. See, because it's not just about our behavior. It's not about information. It's about transformation. And it's about what we are doing as a response to what he 
has done for us. So there may be things in our life that, that, that we're having a hard time surrendering. But I hope that we can look at this first point. A renewed life is a surrendered life and maybe identify some things that we just need to give over to God and say, Lord, have your will with this. Hold things loosely. The second is that a renewed life is a transformed life. Renewed life is a transformed life. So I want to Go over to 2 Corinthians. At this point, Paul is speaking to the people of Corinth. This is his second or actually third letter. We don't know if there was a letter in between. We're not sure. But this third letter to the Corinthians is the most personal of Paul's letters. And he's talking all about this new life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 is super famous. New creation has come. The old is gone and the new has come. When we are in Christ, when we have fully surrendered to him, the new has come. And we have new life in Jesus. So he's talking in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 about this treasure, this treasure in heaven, this treasure that, that he was just, that Jesus was just talking about in, in Mark chapter 10. You will have treasure in heaven. And Paul says that we have this treasure in jars of clay. So I had this, bought this at a garage sale many years ago, thought it was super cool. And it's a jar of clay. And it's kind of uncommon today, but back then it was really common. And there's two things that are really, really important to, that we need to know about this, these jars of clay. First, they, they were common, and they were used for all sorts of purposes. They were water bottles. This would be a couple of Nalgene's, I think. And the second is that they were very fragile. And so you shouldn't really store things in here that are very important because it could break and you would lose your treasures. But what Jesus and and, and what the word of God and Paul is speaking to us here is that our lives are jars of clay and what's inside are his treasures. See, we're common. I know many of us think that, that we're special. I think I'm special sometimes, but really we're all common objects and God loves to use common and everyday people for extraordinary purposes and things. Because what what's, what's, what's matters most is not what's on the outside, our fragile state, but what's on the inside. When we have surrendered to Jesus, now we have ushered in the kingdom of heaven into our lives and, and we're about this treasure. So let's read. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. See, we're fragile. I don't know how you're feeling going into this new season. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're weary. Maybe you're sick of all of what's going on. And I'm here to say that that's okay. Because if you're in Jesus, your strength doesn't come from what's on the outside. It comes from what's on the inside. Let's continue reading to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. 
Verse 13, since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak. Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Do we want the grace of God to increase in the Wimberley Valley? Do we want the grace of God to increase in San Marcos and in Kyle and in Fisher and in Canyon Lake and in Buda and in Austin and who am I missing? Driftwood. We want the grace of God to increase. We gotta remember, we're fragile, but it's not what's on the outside. It's what's on the inside. So we need to be transformed. Here we go. This is the main point that I wanna camp at And then we'll close. It's in verse 16, our theme verse for this series. Paul writes, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. We need to be renewed day by day. Pause. After second service, we're celebrating new life with baptism today. Next week after second service, we're celebrating new life with a baptism. The Sunday after that, we're celebrating new life with a baptism. And hey, why not, why not just keep on going? Baptism represents that, that, that inner, inner renewal in us. It means that surrender, that one time when we say, Jesus, we can't do this thing called life alone. We surrender to you. We are buried in your death by going underwater and we come out to new life being washed away. All our sins are washed away thanks to your blood. And Jesus, we now live for you. Outward expression of an inward reality. That's what baptism is. And so if you have not been baptized, if you're thinking about that, talk to a community group leader, talk to me, talk to a pastor on staff, talk to your parents, kids, about baptism because it is such an important part of our Christian walk and it's public for for a reason because we as a body get to celebrate new life. And now back to my point, that's a good tangent to go on, to go off on, We need to be renewed day by day. A renewed life means a a transformed life. And here Paul is giving us this glorious dichotomy. When I read it, I just thought that. This is a glorious dichotomy. We have the outer self wasting away. Look, I'm an Enneagram 7 optimist. Grass is always greener on this side. If I look at a patch of grass that's brown, I'll look hard enough until I see some green and I'll let you know about it. That's how I'm wired, but it doesn't take me to look very far or long to see that the outer self, our outer world is decaying. That's just the reality of life. It's fleeting. It's not going down a good path. But Paul says, don't focus on the outer self because the inner self is being renewed day by day. And that's where that transformational work happens 
inside of us. This light and momentary affliction, Paul was experiencing persecution. He was telling the church of Corinth, I've gone through some things. He was actually explaining why he hadn't come to them sooner. So the, the Corinthians church were, were, were upset because Paul hadn't hung out with them like he said that he would. And so he was saying, y'all, I've been dealing with some hard stuff. This world has some difficult things in it. There's light and momentary affliction. We are all experiencing those things. But you know what? It doesn't even compare because it's preparing us to the eternal weight of glory. So don't focus on what you can see. Don't focus on what you can see because what you see is transient. This time, this too shall pass. It will, it will just go away. Focus on what's eternal and what will stay forever. Focus on the truths that will never, ever go away. Maybe there's some things in, in your life that you're dealing with, this affliction, this issue. I really encourage you to do some comparing. Read the word and do some comparing as to how that compares to the weight of the eternal glory that we are promised with in Jesus. I'm not much of a dweller on eternity because I actually like life here and I love being on mission. But it's important to pause sometimes and recognize what we are going through right now is just a speck in, in, in the dawn of time. It's, it doesn't even compare to the grand scheme of, of God and, and it can't even compare to what we're going to experience in eternity when we're living in the weight of glory. That's weighty. And then we talked about this a few weeks ago. What are we focusing on? It's funny that, that the verse says, uh, as we look, as we look, not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. How can you see something that you cannot see? It doesn't make any sense. It's a paradox. And sometimes we, we just focus on the things that we can see. And, and the Bible here is telling us that those things are going to go away. They're not going to last. And they don't fulfill. They don't satisfy. But if we fix our eyes on what is unseen, then we are investing in eternity. And we are investing in the things of God. And maybe there's some things that just need to go away. This whole outer self is wasting away. Maybe God is doing some pruning through, through this season in your life. And I would encourage you, whether that is a, a toxic relationship or a bad habit or, or something that's being done in secret, allow that to go away and be a part of God's transformational work in you that we get to be a part of day by day. And we do this next chapter. Verse five, uh, chapter five, verse seven. We walk by faith, not by sight. Another paradox. We don't walk by what we see. We walk by what we believe is to be true. And so that's the second. A renewed life is a transformed life. And the third way to live this renewed life is renewed life is a purpose-filled life. We all have purpose in this life and he defines it. In Mark chapter eight, a few chapters before Mark 10, it says in verse 34, then he called the crowd to him, he being Jesus, along with his disciples and said, 
Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? It's another paradox. If we surrender our life to Jesus, if we're a part of his transformational work in our life, we're going to gain purpose. It's not going to be our agenda. He's going to give us a purpose and he's going to use the gifts and the personalities that he's given us to fulfill that purpose. Sometimes I get tunneled vision of, well, my walk with Jesus needs to look like that person's walk with Jesus. Well, yes, in some ways, there are some things that, that matter. But if I only focus on my behavior, then, then I forget about the mission that, that he has for me, and I'm not connected to the source. And so being on mission, being purpose-filled, means remaining in relationship with Jesus and allowing my life to go away so that his life is alive in me. Thinking about the vessel, common object. Our purpose-filled life means a refilled life. And we need to be refilled. We need to be refilled, refilled with his spirit, with his water, not with our abilities to, to just fight and do and, and try, to, try to work our way through whatever we may be going through, but we need to be filled by the Spirit. A renewed life is a purpose-filled life. Worship team, you guys can come. I am closing, and I want to close by going back to kids, to y'all. You're going back to school, and I want to encourage you one thing that my kids and other kids do really, really well is receive a free gift. One that is unmerited, one that y'all don't deserve. I know that you hopefully have had that experience in your life where you've received something for free as a surprise. Now, if it's not a good gift, then maybe it's not as exciting. But I want to encourage us today, wherever we are at, to make sure that we receive the free gift that Jesus has for us as we enter into this season. Because the Cypress Creek Church, the one thing that we focus on, the one thing that we want to see happen is not a, a full room or dozens or hundreds or thousands of live streamers. The one thing that we want to see is new life. New life celebrated in baptism. New life celebrated in salvation. And new life represented in this constant renewal and transformation that happens within. And so maybe this will be the first time if, if you are, if you are, if you're, if you're feeling that nudge in your spirit, like, man, I've, I've been holding off for, for some time. I haven't said yes. I haven't fully surrendered to God. Or, or, or maybe if you've done that, but you're, you're through the renewal process, you're like, there's things that I'm holding onto that I need to let go so that he may work and transform my life. Can we do that as we close today? Can we receive this free gift of grace? Because if we try to do it by ourselves, it's impossible. The only way to live a renewed life is thanks to what Jesus has done for us on Calvary, for the blood shed for our sins and thanks to the resurrection of the living God that is here with us. So pray with me.
I ask God, wherever we may find ourselves, that we may take the posture of these little children, God, that, that have needs and, and that are humble and that are authentic. I pray that we would continue to check our heart and, and give that to you. I pray, God, for a renewal, an everyday renewal, a transformational work in your church so that we may have and live purpose-filled lives. I ask for your Holy Spirit to refill us this morning. And I ask God, if there is anyone that is ready to, to, to make that commitment as we are celebrating with baptisms today, Lord, that this, this receiving free gift of grace that can only come from you, Jesus, I ask that they would boldly make that decision and surrender all to you, Lord. I thank you for this church that is all about new life. And we thank you, God, for the impossible work that you have done on the cross for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.